0: Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things Dwarfy. Every couple weeks or so,
1: your hosts gather to talk about our favorite game, Dwarf Fortress. So let's join your hosts, Roland. Fans in Iceland from Berlin. Interesting. But I don't
0: know too much about the others. Tony. Uh, it's a great record. I mean, you know, I'm not a 70s boomer rock guy, but... Uh,
2: and Jonathan. I like to play Keywords more because... It works better for my carpal tunnel and my...
0: ...as they present insightful, irreverent, and often incorrect analysis. And always remember, losing is fun. All right. Well,
1: what do you guys say? Should we uh, talk about a video game? Yes. I even have an idea what kind of video game.
2: I'm building a jet floor... And I'm I'm thinking about doing more flooring installations in my uh, in my fortress just for the hell of it. Got like lots of extra colorful stone. Mm. Ah. Can you now build on top of floors?
1: Yes. You can. Uh, you can build on floors. You can even build new floors on old floors.
2: That was really annoying that, yeah. that whenever you created a floor you couldn't put like a workshop on top.
0: Mm. I don't know if you can build walls on it.
2: I don't think you can. Yes, you can. I think Let's, you can. Oh, you Let's can. find out. Okay. Build, constructions, wall.
1: It's pretty cool. You can even do doors and everything now. So because I have a surplus of wood, I decked out every single dwarven room in nice wood paneling. So there's like a wooden floor in the room. And then I put the furniture in. And I mixed up the woods. So every single room is one... One block of wood, so they're not mixed within the room. But the next room might have have a uh, d- different kind of wood, so it's like all differently colored. It's pretty nice. Interesting.
2: Yeah, I confirm you can build a wall on top of a floor because I just put a sandstone wall on top of the jet floor that I just built. Yep. Okay. And the dwarves are looking at me like I'm really weird because I just had them build a beautiful jet floor, and now I'm putting a sandstone wall on top of it. Oh yeah. But- I so I wonder what happens now if I, if I deconstruct that wall, if it deconstructs the floor as well.
1: Yeah, Let's find the out. The floor is gone, and so is the building material.
2: We are removing that wall? This has got to be riveting uh, audio listening <laughs> for our... Well,
1: I'll tell you what, guys.
0: I've, I've run into a real game-breaker bug. Um, oh, Uh-oh. I had a fantastic 300-something dwarf, elf, human, weird creatures... Fortress that was running and it was starting to really slug along, and I had I don't know probably thirty percent of the population had been injured in one way or another over the pre, over the eleven years that it had been running. So I was like, ah oh, man, I, you know I can't get rid of these guys. What should I do? Because so I would inevitably keep putting them in squads or doing you know assigning them to stuff and then realize that they're injured. So I wanted to go look at the legends mode, and so I retired the fortress, which I've done many on many occasions. Go off and do something else and then come back to it. So this one, great. And that can sometimes unstick your, you know, if you've got a lot of doors that are injured, sometimes they'll just quietly find their own way out. Anyway, so I've done that with this fort, And when I came back to it, a lot of my nobles in important roles are traveling. Because they were part of squads or I don't know what they're doing. It just basically just says, it says uh, my manager, for example, is traveling. He cannot be removed from the squad. He can't be reassigned. It's game over. (laughs) There's nothing that I can do, so I can't have a manager or a broker or a bookkeeper. Hmm. Because they're all traveling.
2: I'm not sure, but actually, I'm pretty sure that we actually talked about this last episode.
0: We might have done that, and I have got amnesia, but I didn't get any farther. I've been trying lots of different things to try to work around it, like, trying to disband the military squads, but I can't disband the squads. Hmm. Which is also disconcerting. Yeah. So, I mean, i
2: Well, how are they collecting bugs now? What's that? How are they collecting bugs now? I know that there was, like, on the Bay 12 games, there was a bug reporting system prior.
1: No, it's on Discord. Yep. On, the, on the... On the thingamajig Discord. Um, is it the Kitfox uh, games? On
0: K-Fox? Yeah, I can oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I should take it there. I just I think I wanted to part of for talking about it is like, is this expected behavior? Is this have you guys run into this? Uh, but it seems like this is pretty anomalous because I always like to kind of verify and rethink things before I, um, you know, go submit a bug report. If it's something that everyone knows about and it's easily resolved, it does not sound like this is the
2: case. It seems that Discord would be a horrible, horrible bug reporting system.
0: Oh yeah, it sounds terrible. Uh, <laughs> that sounds awful. Imagine. Why would you yeah. it is.
2: Maybe <laughs> it they've is. got somebody who's maybe they've hired someone to go through the uh chaff and noise on the on that bug discussion thing and actually putting it in an actual bug tracker because you can't track bugs with Discord. I wouldn't think.
1: You're lose all unless there's a bug tracking plug in. Nope. Um it's just a normal chat and you put it in, it's called um Bug discussion, and then you yeah. just slam it in there and tell them that you have a problem. And sometimes it devolves into uh, troubleshooting, so there's more text than just one post after the other with bug reports. Which uh, yeah, that's I'm that's not sure about what that I idea. that's probably why I haven't
0: reported it yet, is because by the time you go into that. Usually get somebody that's like RTFM, man. You need to just re You know, it's like this doesn't actually help. And then people get all their feathers ruffled. So I think it just. I think I'm all just right. going to quit and re-roll.
2: <laughs> We're not getting that <laughs> yeah. now in in Dwarf Fortress, are we? I don't because know. That's that's I don't know. I don't know. Maybe RTFM it's an was, was not really a normal thing for for the community before. Yeah, Hopefully. maybe not. Let's, You're going to get some of that. You're going to we'll, get some of that, but we'll, we'll, we'll test it out and see. Uh,
0: you know, I figure like if it's a big enough, <laughs>
2: Oh, oh yeah, RTFM. What <laughs> manual? Yeah. You know,
0: maybe, <laughs> have you reinstalled Windows lately? Have you cleared your cache? Have you Have you cleared your cookies? Reboot. these are going to be a problem. Yeah. Have you tried
2: to defrag your hard drive? Tech like support nightmares.
0: Uh, thank you for tuning in.
2: Today. <laughs> Appreciate the audience. I'll be here all week. So, how much extended memory are you using? Okay, what about expanded memory? <laughs> I've got my base
0: 640k and then I've installed EDD.sys. Everything's loaded. The CD-ROM drivers aren't conflicting. All right. We've we've alienated everybody under the age of like 70
1: now. So, this is
0: dry. 70. Great. Oh, my. it's great.
2: I ran DOS 3. Exactly.
0: That's my point.
2: Before that I was on I was on a Commodores and I had a Mac for a few years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, we forgive you for that. I thought, you know. <laughs> the Mac? <laughs> hey, man, I, I'm an Apple guy. What can I say? I, I'm sure I wouldn't be having this squads problem on a Mac. That's all I'm saying.
2: No, they would just build the fortress for you. Exactly. Charge me twice the price.
0: But it would be a nice looking fortress.
2: It would. <laughs> it would be well engineered. And
0: you know what? We think you're going to love it.
2: Yep. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah. So, anyway, I think this fortress might just be hosed. But uh, I, I keep it around because I built these really cool things. I got very adept at building glass walls. So I built this giant reflecting pool in the library which it was an academic fort with glass walls separating it from the library itself. So you could kind of look in and see the stream flowing by because I built giant glass walls around it, clear glass walls. I was very happy with that. But, uh,
2: so I think that the moral of the story is, at least for now, if you retire a fortress, don't plan on coming back to it. Death comes for us all. Yeah, uh...
1: yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that happen a few times. It did not happen to me because, let's be honest, if I leave a fortress, I probably never come back. But uh, I've seen it on Reddit a few times where people complain that they wanted to come back to a fortress and they they unretired it and it just didn't work or the game instantly crashed and they could not load the world anymore yeah so there's some world loading unretiring bug yeah i I, it's fair enough
0: i mean is this a high priority thing no i mean i'm sure there's lots more high priority things because honestly it's like what like i could just go build a new fortress
3: this segment of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable is brought to you by Mondragar, creator of Utherance’s, First Vaulted. This is a cobaltite crown. All craft's worship is of the highest quality. It is encircled with bands of cushion cobaltite cabochons. This object is adorned with hanging rings of copper. On the item is an image of the gilded speaker of ages, the silver arrow, in horsebone. On the item is an image of Mebzith Paddledashed the dwarf and Chucktwinkled the Remarkable the Troll in Pigtail. Chucktwinkled the Remarkable is striking down Mebzith Paddledashed. The artwork relates to the killing of the dwarf Mebzith Paddledashed by the troll Chucktwinkled the Remarkable in control relics in the early summer of 101. The artifact first vaulted from Mondragar.
2: I've had a dwarven child stumbling around obliviously for about two game years, I can't figure out why. I can't get him to stop stumbling around aimlessly and obliviously. And it, the kid won't die. So, I don't know. Maybe I should... Well, yeah. How old is the kid? Uh, Let's see. Aerith Nautonor. Aerith... Wow, there's a lot of Aeriths here. <laughs> Tonlor. there it is. It's
0: the, it's the Jennifer of your fortress. I don't know if you've got that Roland in Germany, but like certain baby names will suddenly get really popular, and then everyone is called that. It's terrible. Yeah,
2: Yeah. it doesn't. He's haggard. Um, He's seven. He's seven years old.
1: Because if they're young enough, they still get fed by their parents.
2: So maybe that's why he's not dying.
1: Put him in a walled room. Yeah, I'm not sure if they get fed when they're like seven. Because to my knowledge, only toddlers are being fed. But um because I, I once had a dwarven baby become really stressed out and I felt terrible for it. I was slightly my fault. You you hate to see it. Yeah, and the the baby kept crawling around the tavern, completely like haggard, terrible mindset, bawling, and people kept feeding the child so it would not die, which on, on the one hand, it's like, okay, nice, but wow. Well.
2: <laughs> it's interesting. According to the memories, the kid's fine. It just keeps <laughs> giving me an alert that he's wandering around obliviously. It's like this, it's winter of a, uh, it's early spring of 105. So the winter of 104 just ended. Winter 104, delighted, remembering watching a performance, exasperated, dwelling upon getting into an argument. Uh, autumn, content, remembering a soapy bath. Blissful remembering sleeping in a good bedroom. Yeah,
1: everything sounds just fine. But what are his recent thoughts? Because I, I'm not sure if they even make me- new memories when they're like uh, stumbling around obliviously.
2: Okay, the most recent thoughts are admiration after watching a performance. Delighted remembering watching a performance. Uh, didn't feel anything after watching a buck rabbit die. Didn't feel anything uh. after seeing Remtarg lays Dwarven's dead body didn't see any feel anything after seeing Tobel crow dazers dead body didn't feel anything after seeing a goblin's dead body i'm thinking i'm seeing a pattern here yeah uh, didn't feel anything after seeing a dog's dead body
1: oh boy well, yeah where does he go and why are there so many dead bodies around
2: uh that's a good question a lot of them are goblins we just fought off a siege so maybe uh maybe he was traumatized by the siege
3: hmm
0: That'd,
2: that'd. I don't know why he maybe he was outside when the siege happened and I didn't notice it. And uh, since I don't have civilian alerts, I wasn't able to, to automatically draw everybody in.
1: Hmm, I see, I see. But uh, well, Dr. The, Roland, the, the good note is that he might be able to bounce back because it's not a, a negative, like, he did not fulfill a crafting mood kind of insanity. So he might mm-hmm. be able to come back to it if he just, you know, chills out, doesn't do chores, and never sees a dead body again.
2: Well, he's uh, hanging out right now in the tavern. Yeah, while wandering around Obliviously, so yeah, I'll be doing all right.
0: So I may have found a solution to my problem. Oh, have you? Well, I can. If anyone has this, it sounds like, and I'm, I'm just about to test it out completely. But if you can't dismiss your squads, it looks like you can replace the traveling members with other dwarves in your fortress if you have enough. And then it will let you disband the squad. And then I think I should be able to free up my position. So I'm I'm very excited to see if this works.
2: I'm sent on a mission to, uh, to retrieve a stolen artifact. I sent it out about <laughs> three seasons ago, oh. and they're still gone. Uh-oh. Oh, bad news then. Yeah. They're they're not bad
0: news indeed. Yeah, they might not be coming back. Will it kill of the, the things, squad? No, they're gone they just forever. just be forever gone? Yeah. Right? I, sometimes it can be because check each member of that squad to make sure that everybody left. Because sometimes if one person... No, not everybody left. Ah, uh, that's uh-huh. your problem. Get rid of the person who didn't leave with somebody who did or who, who will leave. Is okay. what yeah. I found. Uh, they will hang outside if, of your map and not
1: work, actually go anywhere. Yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know where they go, but as long as if, if everyone doesn't leave, like this is what I kept running into at this port that I retired was I had enough. I had like 40 dwarves who were injured and wouldn't leave. So I would inevitably keep assigning them to squads and then send the squads out, and then the squads would go missing forever because those dwarves wouldn't... I mean, because one guy wouldn't leave, the whole squad just kind of yeah. gets stuck in limbo. So you have to make sure everybody goes.
1: Now, I think that also applies to war animals. If you have assigned an animal, a war animal, mm-hmm. and it's in a pasture and it can't leave, then there's a high chance that they just leave your map and stay, like, right outside of your map, waiting for the rest of them, including the animal, and then they never actually go on the mission.
2: Cool. Cool. Okay, so one of those two people who wouldn't leave before that I replaced with bards, human bards, you? which my my entertainment squads are really becoming a problem. They're using up all the resources. They're not doing crap for the fortress. They may maybe making a couple people happy, but... Yeah. But a whole bunch of freaking users. It's like half my population. I've got two hundred and thirty-four people, thirty-five now in my. Oh, great! I've got more migrants. <laughs> more migrants. Two thirty-seven. Oh no. My uh, my my frame rate is starting to take some uh some some hits here. So, that, which brings up a question that I wanted to ask you: Is there a downside to refusing to deny people who want to come in and entertain? Is there a downside to saying no, deny, go away? I don't want you.
1: I mean, you make them sad.
2: Well, I don't care if I make the bard sad. But it's not part of my fortress.
1: There is no downside if you if your bard comes to you and is like, "Hey, I want to sing and and like play the violin really badly," and you say <laughs> no, then he's like, he gets grumpy, he cries, and leaves your fortress. A uh, big chance is, however, he will come back in a year or even less sometimes it takes like no time at all and he's back and asking again so that's fine yeah but there's no downside actually telling no like i have a performance troupe of two people and they keep pestering me for the last 40 years or something and i keep telling them no well they really want to get in and they come every year, every every half year. And they, they come and they ask me and I'm like, no. And at this point, the dude is like 80 now. He has white hair. <laughs> he's old. And he still comes to me asking to be, you know, bard of my fortress. And I keep telling him, no. No, you, you don't even know how to play a single instrument. Yep, that's a tough one, man. Asylum policies can just really... Can really, uh, it can be a really tough thing I mean I only take in bards if they're actually good bards if somebody comes into my fortress and they're like a dabbling singer and a dabbling poet and they know not to play a single instrument and they don't even know a single dance form I'm sorry but like move on buddy and a best top on top of that they have like adept schemer skill, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Nah, uh, uh-uh. uh. The only person that I actually admitted to being into my fortress, even though they were a kind of a bad bard, was called mm-hmm. DoorDash, and yeah, I just we talked about him last week. Yeah, too, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, she's still here. Um, she- <laughs> so she also is is like going crazy has three lovers but okay she has become a good bard
2: so out of 237 population i have 95 performers
0: what the hell <laughs> wow that's that's a lot of performance many of
2: them are now citizens and those citizens i can now uh, assign to squads to send yeah. on suicide missions oh my so,
1: God. I mean, did you accept that? every single person that came to you
2: yeah, I, I was like, well, I don't want to piss him off. And <laughs> are there downsides See, I was thinking maybe there are downsides to saying no. I don't want your uh, your services as a performer,
1: like politically, so, or do you think he's just gonna go up to somebody and punch them?
2: Game wise, I don't know. It's a, it's a kind of a, a complex game. So <laughs> that's true,
1: but they do cry.
2: I don't care. <laughs> if they're not part of my fortress and they're going to leave. I'm fine with them crying. Go somewhere yeah. else to cry. Go. There's a goblin fortress or a goblin pit just over the hill there. Go there and, and sing to them.
0: i tell you what. I, uh I, I accept a lot of people too. in my, in my scholar fort I accepted everybody who wanted to come study. So basically all that are left, everyone else seems to have left except for the scholars. So nothing's getting done in Canada Managers. So <laughs> this thing's are gonna fall oh, apart no. pretty soon. But I've <laughs> got a geographer, an astronomer, a philosopher, I've got a, a sage, I've got lots of doctors. Yeah. And and I've got all of the queens and barons and everyone. So it's it's quite it's it's quite it's quite a dying civilization I've got here, but uh, yeah. oh well. Con-
2: <laughs> yeah. I think Control Relics is about to initiate a program of creating squads out of bards, <laughs> and they are going to be uh, maybe raiding some goblin pits that are very far away from me on the map.
1: Mm. Yeah. Do you actually tell them to attack openly because, yes. you know, it takes care of the problem. Hit them with your loot. I haven't really gotten any people in my, like, people applying to my fortress. Okay, fair. There's these godforsaken two people that keep applying. The Bolts of Contesting. I actually know their name now because they apply every goddamn <laughs> year. And I <laughs> remember him because he's the bard with a rotten hand. And he oh, is yuck. stinking uh, up the place. St- stinky uh, hand. Yuck, stinky um, hand. Yeah. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Get out. His his fellow bard is like a woman. She's actually okay. But I don't want Stinky Hand in the fortress. But other than that, I don't get any people applying anymore. I managed to send a few missions to get tributes from the humans because we had no contact. And I sent a messenger and it was like, yo, um, get me some tributes. And now I have four traders coming each year not traders traders but like people that come to me and just put stuff into my trading depot and then leave and it's mostly garbage like one day they brought me one clay just one (laughs) clay. there nothing else and he was really slowly walking up to my trading depot slamming down this chunk of clay and then just leaving that didn't do it that didn't
0: melt your heart and want you to let sticky hand in
1: no but but uh what actually did melt my heart was the year when they brought me diamonds oh like cut diamonds and the diamond is worth a lot and they brought me a handful of gems and I was like, whoa, I thought you only bring me garbage. Uh, but no, they actually bring me cool stuff. It's just, you know, RNG. So that's pretty nice. But yeah.
2: Okay, so that worked for my for my squad. They came back after I assigned them people to uh, that could actually leave. So they're back. But how do I get a record of
1: their mission? Uh, you have to go into world map. And in the world okay, map is there. a button called reports. Thank you. Yep. Uh, the reports will also tell you what um, somebody offered you as a tribute, because often my dwarves picked it away before I had the chance to actually find out. And there it tells you, like sports report, what you get from um, like raising a side or whatever. Yeah, that's
2: cool. It's cool. Um, there's nothing to tell. It just says on reports. I see my mission report. Recover the distinction of wines. I click it just it's like my text is truncated
1: it might take a while to load it's like unveiling itself while you look at it where it should be uh, interesting
3: dwarf fortress roundtable is made possible in part by a grant from Eurus j jennings creator of nasish kanzu blood convert the smeared tip this is a cobaltite bracelet all crafts worship is of the highest quality It is encrusted with round diorite cabochons, decorated with horse bone and donkey bone and encircled with bands of alpaca bone. This object menaces with spikes of cobaltite, diorite, iron, and shell opal. On the item is an image of two abaca trees in iron. On the item is an image of elephant-head amaranths in iron. Blood Convert the Smeared Tip From Eurus J. Jennings, found only in Control Relics.
1: But talking about bug reports, I had something put into the Topics channel, but I think I found the solution by myself just today. I put in uh, mysterious, undiggable tiles. I have seen it on the subreddit, Mm. and I noted that in a few fortresses, my dwarfs would not dig a tile, and I could not find out why. There was no dampness, there was no water, there was no magma. But they would refuse to dig a specific tile. But they were perfectly fine digging other tiles. And both of them were very reachable, to the extent where they would dig a tile right next to the undiggable tile and ignore the undiggable one. And I constructed...
2: I was just wondering if it was uh, in an area such that you
1: could try to dig around the undiggable tile? Yeah, I mean, most of the time, yes. But sometimes it was in the entrance of my fortress. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to really dig their tile because it looked ugly. Mm-hmm. And the weirdest part is, at some point, they would, in fact, dig the tile. Because if they rounded way around the tile and the miner approached the undiggable tile from a different direction, it would work. So I don't know what's happening in there. And I had the same thing today when I was walling off caverns and I could not wall this one piece in. It would just stop being worked on every single time. Would take a millisecond, and they would just say, "No, I can't do it. Sorry." It was maybe because of temperatures. I, at some point, I had turned temperatures off to check if it gives me more FPS because I like bad FPS in my caverns, and I think that might have been making problems because at like years before, we're talking like twenty new years. Um, there was fire, and the fire never had been stopped correctly. So there was a burning skeleton that never burned away because the temperature was off, and the tile was still hot because there was no enabled temperature, so the tile remained hot for the entire time, for like 20 years or whatever. And when I re-enabled temperatures, then suddenly a fire just randomly started in the caverns. It was super weird. And hmm. after that, after I I cut all the trees to make sure the fire doesn't spread, whatever, they did manage to actually put the wall into the place where they could not do it before. So, huh? Something in my caverns burned, even though nothing burned, but it was hot. The dwarves noted that, but I didn't. And I'm like, hmm. so So you're not near the Magma Sea, are you? No, uh, it was the first cavern layer. There was nothing wow. hot around. It was just a forgotten beast had once spewed some fire apparently there. I didn't notice. And uh, ah. the tile just remained hot. But that is it- unlikely to be the solution to the first time I encountered it where I dug into a rock. It was not a cavern and there never had been any like warm substance around. And they ignored a the tile as well, and they had to approach it from, the, from like behind I had to dig around the tile, and then they would dig it. I, I'm not sure what's happening, uh, but I lost a few miners because they would refuse to dig a specific tile. And then I had like water coming in or lava coming in. It was weird. I'm not sure what's happening. But on the other hand, good news, I have a fully functioning drowning trap now, and I'm very proud of it. Ah! Yes. Oh, That's exciting. Yeah. That's retro, man. I found um, some kaolinite, which is like, you make uh, porcelain out of that. And I replaced all my barrels with porcelain pots because it looks nicer. Um, And there was just this huge hole in my mining area. And I was like, what do I do do with it? And then I had a lot of mechanisms over. And I was like, you know what? Let's build a drowning trap and uh it's great it, it's it's really good but the downside is i love it so much my 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 military has very little action now because i use it constantly
2: hey have both of you got a fortress up right now
1: i have one up yeah paused <laughs> i mean technically yes but not the game open
2: so so do either of you have a a df hack installed on the fortress that you're currently running i do could you do me a favor and and put in the command stone sense? I want to find out if stone sense works because I want to start a a decorative mega project but I don't really want to start it if I can't uh screen cap a 3D visual of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. If stone sense is actually operational, then I will that's a reason for me to install DF hack because I want to have the
1: uh the 3D snapshots. Reasonable. I'm not sure if it is. Uh, I think that would have been I think for now they only uh, put in blueprints. But then again, I did see people actually putting out cool um, screenshots of Stone Sense. So uh, let's see. Hmm. Stone Sense, it comes up. Okay. Cool. Maybe the uh, user, user interface of Stone Sense has okay. changed a little bit where you. Yeah, it did. Oh, oh, it did actually open it. And there we are. Yeah, it opens cool. a new Good. window. Oh, uh, and yeah, no, it looks good. Good, good. Okay,
2: so cool. That can be a reason for control relics to continue and live because if I can get the the frame rate uh, thing worked out and if I can ditch, you know, 100 of these bards, that's a dead weight. Um, <laughs> so I did run into a guild hall issue. So I was trying to upgrade a guild hall from the 2,000 Dwarf Bucks version up to the uh, Grand Guild Hall, which is uh, hits at 10,000 Dwarf Bucks of wealth. I engraved the floors, I put artifacts in, I did all kinds of things, and it never was bumping from that 2,000 uh, Dwarf Bucks wealth rating. It looks like that there might be a little bug where – while the wealth of the guild hall does increase, it's not showing that it's increasing on your report whenever you go to look at the value of the location. Mm-hmm. But that said, it still lets you fulfill the agreement whenever you get enough wealth in it. Because now my guild hall says that it's a grand guild hall and that I've satisfied the, the contract with the, with the Farmers Guild. But it still shows it to be only worth 2,000 dwarf bucks, but it is a grand guild hall at 2,000. So I I would say that it's probably just a display issue. Internally, it's probably uh, successfully registering the upgrades to the guild hall. So just keep that in mind if you run into it.
1: Hmm. So it just doesn't show, but it does, in fact, keep track of the correct value.
2: Yeah,
0: that's weird. It would be nice to have a little bit more data, like, you know, kind of a ticker showing how much more more value you need to keep putting into the room because right now I feel like there's a lot of trial and error. It's kind of just like, well, just add a few more tiles and see what happens. Am I there yet? Oh, I'm there. Okay. You know, it's like there's, yeah, I could see some potential room for improvement there.
2: There still, I think, is some improvement that could be made to the logging system. I, I get overwhelmed by the little icons that pop up all the time and it's pretty much gets to be, I'm, not paying much attention to them. And then I look over to the side and there's 20 of them lined up along the <laughs> side of my monitor. And I'm not going to sit there and run through every one of them and read them. Yeah,
1: so I'm basically clearing them. You know, what I think is kind of annoying about these boblets, at some point they will be empty. And you hover over them and it's like the marker yep. for somebody that is trying to craft an artifact and it's empty. Why not remove the empty bubble? That will happen. Yeah, <laughs> it will. Uh, just like. For example, if you have a pedestal and, you know, the kind of obvious first thing is you want to put an artifact on the pedestal. But now you have to remember what kind of object that artifact actually is. And even if you go yes. into amulets and you have oh, like God, seven that's right. yes. uh, amulets that are artifacts, it doesn't show which one is already on a pedestal. And you're like, oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, that's not a new problem. tracking is
0: is definitely challenging.
2: What is a new problem is that they no longer have an artifacts uh, category on that. But the idea of which ones are on pedestals and which ones aren't, that is a problem as old as the artifacts, I think.
0: It's a mystery. Yeah, it is. That would be fun if it were different. Fun if it were different, for sure.
3: This segment of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable is brought to you by Brandon Wright, creator of Nicket Maddle, the action of dances. This is a diorite ring. All crafts worship is of the highest quality. It is encrusted with oval diorite cabochons, decorated with cedar and pigtail and encircled with bands of single-cut indigo tourmalines and pigtail. This object is adorned with hanging rings of diorite. On the item is an image of Anger Cloistermoisin, the human in milk quartz. Anger Cloistermoisin is traveling. The artwork relates to the visit of the human Anger Cloistermoisin to control relics in the late spring of 102. On the item is an image of a plump helmet in pecan wood. The dwarven artifact, the action of dances. From Brandon Wright.
0: Well, I got totally sucked into something else over the past week, so I got when I ran into the problem with my scholar fort, I have to say I was a little sad because it was such a giant fort, and it was actually pretty cool. Uh, I ended up getting sad and then uh, taken in by an ad on Steam for another city builder game, but there's another there's an actual roguelite city builder that you can get right now, a Windows game called Against the Storm, I think that's what it's called. That things really, uh, really good. Obviously, some ooh, ooh advertisements. Okay, I know. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Uh, yeah, I I was ending up checking out something else this week, but um, yeah, it's it's really cool. I think with Dwarf Fortress hitting Steam, I think suddenly a lot more people are like, hey, you know what? <laughs> Got some some other cool games <laughs> that people might like, and all these other new early action or early access things are starting. It's kind of cool. He started a movement.
2: That would be nice. A movement toward games with depth? Huh. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot of micromanagery aspects to these kind of games. Oh,
1: I love it. Give me my Excel sheets, please. Yes,
2: that's that's why we play these games because <laughs> I
0: like to micromanage. And if I can't micromanage every aspect of these little creatures' lives, I should go play Apex Legends or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can micromanage myself so i have to do it to like 70 75 stupid alcoholics yeah that's the spirit it's just like real life
2: but- <laughs> <laughs> i need to close door fortress here <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason i don't open door fortress while we're recording because i start playing and stuff yeah, 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 I know. You're like
1: oh mm-hmm. no what am i doing we're closing. Oh, um, I am very happy to say that my—I mean, not unusual for me, you know—but I am very happy that all my military currently has all the equipment tabs green, including arrows, and the, my marks dwarfs are currently training, and I am—I'm—I'm I'm feeling like a proud father right now <laughs> because these Your idiots, marks dwarfs are training. Yes, they are. No, seriously. Yeah, constantly. constantly. Let, or... me, let me go there. Hey, okay, of did course. The, did
2: you do this in a Twitch stream?
1: <laughs> no, I haven't streamed for a while because I was sick. But um, they are training. Currently, they're sleeping. Hey, where are you? Look up, you lazy bastards. <laughs> okay, this is, uh, this is obviously just uh, you know, because I'm trying to show it. But technically, they're all oh they're discussing ethics and the state in my library. That's why they're not training. <laughs> Okay, but technically trying figure out where to throw you, their uh, <laughs> crossbows you
2: are a private. you are not required to think. you are required to follow orders. I, I, get out of the library. I do
1: like the idea of um having like a warrior scholar fortress going on, but oh my god it it works terribly because if they're a scholar, they end up doing. Nothing. Oh, but now now somebody is shooting. Haha. Ha. It's Vukar. It's Vukar himself. Um, the warrior
2: scholar fort, what do they do? They go out to the battlefield whenever there's a siege happening and go out and debate the uh, goblins? God I wish.
1: No, the problem is if they're a scholar, <laughs> then all their scholarly activities are purple, meaning it will not be disrupted by it no matter what it is. So even if there is a siege, these idiots don't actually leave the library they rather finish discussing ethics and the state, and then they yeah. d- don't actually move anywhere. And it's like, are you serious wow. right now? That is an
2: incredibly realistic interpretation <laughs> of the academia. It <laughs> oh, could have come dear. out so
1: much more clever sounding. The, the only upside to that is that my fortress is ecstatic. I have 74 right now, 74 people, and 53 of them are dark green ecstatic. Wow. So they really like and they really love living here. And um, I only have four squads. One of them is a like a self-defense squad. But, oh, my God, I get no work done. If I want to get work done, I actually have to close the library and make sure they actually, you know, are not in the library. Because if too many people are in the library... Wait. What just happened? What? Oh, Hill Titan. Never mind. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm I am I'm, I'm 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 looking back just on the clean Zencaster because other, otherwise I will play the game. <laughs> Damn it, where was I?
2: <sighs> Something about uh, uh uh scholar warriors who Right. Um, who will not leave the library even if there are goblins sticking knives through their children's throats. Yeah,
1: yeah. and uh, I, I have yeah, a, it's spear. a spear. And it does. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it really is terrible. And then they discuss it. Um, at least they're good doctors. It's more important that we reflect on trees. That is so true. I have a few spear dwarves that are also scholars. And um, it works amazing. They actually written a few books. But, yeah, mine of mine were crazy. They were writing like a storm. They
0: that that seems that aspect of the game seems to be working really, really well right now.
1: Yeah, most of it is kind of garbage, but I had some funny books. For example, there was one book where uh, the book is just called uh, "And We Sang a Minked Icy Anvil" or whatever his name is, and the book is has three chapters, and one of uh, the first is he is arriving in my fortress. The second is he is marrying, and the third is he is making masterful sheep wool cloth. And I'm like, wow, that is the the apex of interest. Wow. These are the names of the three volumes of his trilogy. But what I wanted to actually show is, you know, I have to. This is a screenshot I took. And this is all my military... Screenshot and, links will be in the show oh, notes. Beautiful green. Oh, wow. Look at
0: that. Holy smacks. You really did. Yeah. It. And look at how beautifully organized everyone is. Wow.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, to be fair, I only have mm. squads of five because I have not too many people living in my fortress. So I can't afford having uh, 30 people in my military. That's a little bit too much. And let's be honest... Okay. Tell me again how they all ended up being green. Um, What do you mean? Or is that just what they are? Those are always green. No, no. Uh, Why have I never
2: seen this screen?
1: (laughs) the, The green means that they have correct equipment and they are wearing it right now. If it was yellow, then they are looking for a specific piece of equipment and they're trying to equip it right now. And red means they are lacking it and they can't go and get it. Yeah, I I had to figure things out because my Dwarfs kept refusing to actually wear leather gloves. Um, so that's why on every single person where it says custom uniform, I went in and assigned a specific item instead of a general item, which right. is... You
2: gave them their own thing. Yep. They don't have to go to the armory to pick, out, to pick up whatever sword happens to be left.
1: Yeah, sometimes they would also pick out the one silver sword I had lying around because it looks nice and I was like, no, please stop it. Take the steel one because that's way better.
2: <laughs> when they're off duty, do they store their swords in their rooms or do they put them in the armory? Um, and do they retain ownership even if they're not
1: having them in hand uh that depends on what you have if you have enough weapon racks they will put it on through the weapon racks slash the armor plate thing thingamajigs and store it there and i believe that they do take the correct items back when they come back on duty but because it the the clutter and the work that they have to do to just Put off the armor, put it away, and then reclothe themselves in civilian clothing. And when walk around, I never have them take off the clothing because that is.
2: Are cool. armor stands and weapon racks functional now?
1: Yeah, they are. They actually do show the. Uh, when did that happen? The armor on the armor rack as well. So you can see if it's like steel or copper or whatever you have on there. It's pretty cute.
2: How how have I missed this? Why why did this happen with the version 50, the yep. premium release yep. that started working? Yep, yep, yep. I can't believe I haven't
1: heard this. That seems like a big deal. Yeah, I also overlooked it a little bit. Like, I heard, like, okay, cool, um, but I never tested it out. And they do take a weapon rack, each on their own, or an uh, arm stand, if it's in the place where they are training, and if you have enough, then it looks really nice, you know, like all filled up with armor and stuff. It's just that the yeah. the work amount that they have to do to, like, recloth themselves and get it back and get it here and blah, blah, blah. It's a little bit too much, so I just tell them, you know, just stay in armor. Cool.
3: Okay, well, why don't we go ahead and start wrapping
2: up here, if that's cool with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. And it's going to be a little bit of a lightweight episode this time, but we got some guests uh, lined up. Folks are going to enjoy them, I'm sure.
0: I need. Are to... you suggesting it was a fluff day for us?
2: Well, not really fluff, but it was <laughs> uh, a non-focused. Hey, did you <laughs> did did you like my uh, my uh, title for last last episode? It was a little bit clickbaity, actually. Product placement in Dwarf Fortress.
1: And that one, yeah. I like yeah. the I like the picture. Yep, beautiful. I
2: don't remember what the picture was. It, oh yeah, it's a it's a dwarf holding a look like a big gulp. Am going to have to bleep that? Because it's no wait a second. We're not we're not YouTube. I could give a care well less what they think. We are not being paid by Big Gulp. We're Seven <laughs> Eleven.
0: Not yet. That's what we want you to think.
2: <laughs> although if you are the 7-Eleven corporation and you are in the marketing department and you f- feel that advertising on Dwarf Forza's Round Table <laughs> would help your company then
0: it's obviously, our rates obviously this is are, the way it's going to work this is how our rates are
2: $20,000 for a 30 <laughs> second spot
0: <is black laughs> honestly well worth it I mean do you understand yes. what your ROI is going to be on this? it's going to be great You can off the hook
2: for Pete's sake, Off we have, back. you know, dozens of listeners. Dozens. <laughs> and I'm At sure least. they all live within a block of a Seven Eleven. right?
0: Somewhere in the mid twos, as far as digits go.
2: Ooh,
0: yes. I do remember twos. that we
1: have two South Korean listeners. Hey. Yeah. Hanyu Hoseo.
2: There's a, a guy from China who uh, who contacted us, uh, um, but he's got some cool spooky forts. Ooh, nice. That We may have to see if we can... Talk to him about anywho. Delightful. What a what a
0: yeah. what a nice what a nice period we've created here. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks guys. <laughs> it's a really, really good, calm environment, an escape from the your daily troubles. Let's,
2: we're just gonna bliss out for the next ten minutes. I'm gonna Listen put on to some warm sound. pads,
0: some <laughs> any the music, of- and we're gonna just reflect on the state of things. <laughs>
1: The sounds of copper picks hitting sandstone. Or my fingers smashing my keyboard. Just a gentle. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, what are we doing? ASMR.
2: I think we're wrapping up the episode. I yes. oh, okay. a horrible job of it.
0: Yeah, I'm, getting, I'm getting confused.
2: <laughs> it's the stinking daylight savings time starting. It has just got us all screwed up. It's that just started crazy. today for us here in the States. I'm glad and it was the earlier evil. one. When do you go on summertime,
1: Roland? Yes,
0: yes. I of course, record. you do. A <laughs> couple weeks, probably.
1: When? Yes, I think like it's that. it's like
0: two or three weeks. Yeah.
2: So we may have another oddball episode Could time, be. next time. It's more, pretty more.
0: great being on this side of it, man. Pretty great. Your sarcasm is dripping on the floor. <laughs> Actually, I I'm I'm like the one person in the world apparently that doesn't mind the change. So I I'm going to just quietly enjoy it.
2: I don't mind the change either.
0: Yeah, I'm like okay, so I'm gonna feel a little off kilter for the next two days, but now it feels like I don't, you know, have the sun coming up at 5 a.m. and going down at six. It's great.
2: I argued uh, online and two friends who got sick of me arguing about it that uh, that we shouldn't be having kids boarding school buses in the dark at 8 a.m. But uh, no one cared. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> what I think is the most amusing part of the whole thing is as Americans, we've done this before.
2: Yes. It didn't work out. 1972, right?
0: We didn't like it. (laughs) So...
2: There was a two-year pilot program that lasted two months, I think, right?
0: (laughs) People were just like, wait, what? It's dark all the time? I hate that. Cancel it. Shut it down. (laughs) Thanks, Obama.
2: Yeah. (laughs) 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 Sorry. All right, I'm really having trouble bringing this one to a close.
0: Yeah, all right. Farewell, everybody. Go get <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah.
2: Good luck and dig deep. Right. See, ya. see
0: you later. Don't, don't dig too deep. No, not well, or do. You never know. Well,
2: someone actually signed off an a, uh, uh, email to us with good luck and dig deep, and I Aww. asked them for permission to use that as my new closing statement, because I'm really sick of Happy Fortress Inc. Dig so yeah. for a while, it's going to be good luck and dig deep.
1: Fair enough. All right.
0: Fair enough. Good luck Bye. and dig right. deep. Absolutely love it. <laughs> we'll catch you all next time. Terrific. See you guys. Bye. Bye.
2: This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable Podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. You can find video content on our YouTube channel and you can send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. Please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at bay12games.com. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can find us at patreon.com slash dfroundtable. This is a conversational podcast. All craft storeship is of the highest quality. Thanks, Alfonso.